Good morning, good morning. Welcome to episode three of the Get It Done podcast. Today is Monday, October 4th, and I'm so glad you joined me. I am Chrissy McMillan, and today we are going to go through John chapter three and then end by reading Psalm three together. So pull up that laundry basket, fill your dishwasher, or hop on your treadmill. Do whatever you need to get done today while not allowing time in God's word to get pushed so far down the list that it doesn't happen. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. We had a pretty relaxing weekend. My kids got lots of time to play with their cousins and enjoy the beautiful fall weather, which is always a great thing. So I hope you were able to get out and enjoy your families as well. On Friday, we read about Jesus at the wedding in Cana where he turned water into wine. And when he went into the temple in Jerusalem and sent the people out telling them that they should not be selling and money changing in the temple. So if you didn't listen to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode two from Friday or pull out your Bible and read John chapter two. So let's dive right into John chapter three. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. I just want to interject here and make sure that we all understand who Nicodemus was. He was a Pharisee, so we know he was a religious leader and that he was well educated. He was highly respected among the Jews, and so he was coming to Jesus as a representative for the Pharisees. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. So here Nicodemus is questioning how Jesus can do miracles, right? Because as he said, God would need to be in him for Jesus to be able to do that. Jesus responds with the fact that you need to be born again if you want to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus comes back and asks, how can a man be born when he is old? Which at first seems like a normal question, but then he goes on to ask Jesus, can a man enter back into his mother's womb? Which leads me to believe he's being a bit sarcastic or uh, as I like to say about my kids, giving Jesus some sass. So what does it mean to be born again? Well, the Greek word here, anathen, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong completely, actually means from above or from on high. So basically, Jesus is telling Nicodemus that even though he's deeply religious and he probably has great knowledge of things, he has not been born again or received a spiritual rebirth from God and therefore cannot see when something is really from God. 
So Nicodemus probably thinks that Jesus is nothing more than a street preacher, but is also probably confused that if that's the case, why can this guy perform miracles? It's completely incomprehensible to him. Jesus alludes to the fact that he is the son of God and will be lifted up again, and that whoever believes in him, and I believe that means we believe that he is the son of God, you will have eternal life. You guys, he gives us a way to live eternally, forever. It is amazing. So continuing in verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. People, this is the best promise ever. Let's just talk through a bit of this. First of all, I think most of you have probably heard John three sixteen before, but why is it the most famous verse in the Bible? Think about it. It's because it summarizes the gospel. It is the good news of the Bible in one single verse. So let's break it down even more. First of all, who is the world that he's talking about? It's the people, right? It's all of us. And then he says, who has everlasting life? It's whoever believes in Jesus, whoever, anyone. This is something that anyone can have everlasting life with Jesus. So what do they need to believe about Jesus? What do we need to believe about Jesus? We need to believe that he is the son of God. He came and paid the death penalty due for our sins, not his, our sins, and basically went to hell for us so that we wouldn't have to. And because of that, we can be forgiven. So we can be made perfect and whole because Jesus came and died for our sins. So what if you're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't feel like a sinner. Let me assure you that you are. I mean, I am. My kids are. Have you ever seen your kid do something wrong? Yeah, they're all a little bit naughty sometimes. We all are. I do stuff wrong every day in my house, out of my house. I say the wrong thing. I do the wrong thing. I yell at my kids too much. You know, I have to ask them for forgiveness a lot because I am a sinner. According to the Bible, a sinner isn't just a murderer or a rapist. It's everyone who fails to meet God's standard of perfect holiness. That is all of us. Not one of us is perfect. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to go back to verse 17 in John 3. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Did Jesus come to condemn the world? Absolutely not. He came to save it. So how do those who don't believe in Jesus end up? Condemned. It's hard to say it, but it is truth. 
If you don't believe in Jesus, you are condemned. Are there sins in your life, friend, that you love so much that they're making you turn away from Jesus? If so, please consider the consequences. It's not worth it. It's not easy in this world to live on the right path. It is not. He does not promise us it will be easy, but it will be worth it. I'm not here to condemn you. I have my own sins and struggles that I have to fight to overcome, but I know that with Jesus, I can. If you want to know more about being saved, born again, becoming a Christian, whatever you want to call it, please contact me. You can email me at getitdone at chrissymcmillan.com. I will get in contact with you. I will get back to you and I will get you in touch with someone that's local to you that you can actually meet in person and talk with. I want this for everyone, so please don't let that fall away. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Aenon near Salem, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. So first, I just want to point out that the John that was baptizing here was John the Baptist, not the one who wrote this book, in case, in case there's confusion over that. So what are the Jews trying to do here? To me, it seems like they're trying to make John jealous. Like, look, the guy you were with, now he's baptizing people and everyone's going to him instead of you. But I love John's response. He basically puts them in their place. Like, remember when I told you that I wasn't the Christ? Yeah, I still I still stand by that. I love that he relates it to the bridegroom and the friend of the bridegroom. Yeah, it's great to be the groom and have the bride, but the friend of the groom is also ecstatic for the groom, right? Isn't that the truth? When I look at my own life, I know I was a bridesmaid many, many times before I was a bride. And yes, I dreamed of meeting the right man and getting married myself, but that didn't take away the pure joy I had for my friends that were getting married. Maybe I'm different from most, but I loved being a bridesmaid. It was so fun and special to me. I still love going to weddings, although it's been a while. Most of my friends got married already, so it's been a while. Somebody needs to get married so I can go to a wedding. Okay. Back to verse 31. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. 
According to John 3.18 and John 3.36, which we read both of those verses today, what is the outcome of believing or not believing in Jesus? Will we see that he who believes is not condemned and has everlasting life, and he who does not believe is condemned and the wrath of God remains on him? It's one or the other. There is no third option. So which of the two represents you today? Is there something you need to do about it? Think about that. What about the people you love? We need to be sharing this message with people today and every day. Okay, let's read Psalm 3 together as we close today. I love this psalm. It reminds me of a song our church choir sang, and I loved it. So anyway, okay. Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Always amazing words, aren't they? So come back tomorrow as we go through John 4 together and spread the word to your friends that need to be filled with God's word each day. Follow me on Spotify. Find me on my website, chrissymcmillan.com. And feel free to drop me a message, question, or comment at my email, getitdone at chrissymcmillan.com. So as you go today, remember 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. 